It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 p.m. And it is time for episode 230 of the Ron and Brian podcast. That's right. Tonight is our Halloween spooktacular. Brian, uh, did you break out uh, any costumes for this evening? I'm going as me. Okay. I'm going as me this year. A lot of people feel that, you know, going as me for Halloween is just, you know, it's lazy. It's contrived. It's... It's overdone, you know. It's uh, it's not original, right? But, right, uh, right. This year, I decided I wanted to go as me. All right. How about you, Ron? Me, I decided. Me. For me, I decided to dress as one of my heroes, uh, my podcast partner, Brian, over over here. Excuse me, I got a point in the right direction. So, uh, just a little quick backstory is uh, our our friends, friends of the podcast, the uh, the Jardies. Uh, Such friends. We're, we're having a Halloween party last night, which uh, Brian had been invited to. And uh, as usual, forgot to check his calendar, committed to the party, and then realized he was not able to make it. Um, so to effectively bust his balls, uh, my wife and I both dressed as Brian uh, to attend this party last night. And uh, I make, I don't know, I make a very convincing Brian, I feel well, like. Well, I mean, you've got the hat. The right. hat's... The hat looks stellar. Thank you. I like the hat, actually. Yeah. I love these hats. Don't get, you know. Yeah. Um, You've got the flannel t-shirt. Correct. Right off the bat, you went with the right color combination. Right. Black and white flannel shirt. Top button, button. How do you feel? How do you feel with the neckline? Does it Um, feel protected safe? Is it a... I feel like I'm swaddled in a big blanket, like I'm protected from the world. And yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I scoured uh, your Facebook photos to really pick out your flannels because I was looking at different flannels and there was you know green and white and red and white and a bunch of different flannels. And then I was like, no, this, this is the kind of flannel that Brian rocks on a more regular basis. And your little newsboy hat here, which I did not realize you was like- referred to as a newsboy hat. But now I'm aware of that. So well done, by the way. You, you killed it. You slayed it. Absolutely. <laughs> I give you a lot of credit. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And we'll talk about we'll talk about your weekend. We'll talk about my weekend. Sure. Uh, we've got a lot of fun and excitement coming up. But in the meantime, uh, let's get things started tonight with our drinks of the week. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. <laughs> Drink of the week. 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 Brian, what are you drinking this week? Ron, I had this beer last week. It was so good. I brought it back. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having another week of left, or as Ron likes to call it, Lafe Blonde. It's an authentic Blonde Abbey Ale. It's the same slight hint of bitterness as last week. It's the same delicate, you put characteristic tasting beer par excellence. It's the same alcohol content, 6.6%. The same strong multi-aroma. Enjoy. 
So it's 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 not a case of you know, not getting a new beer. It's just that you like this beer so much you felt it deserved another week on the show. I'm going to say this. I uh, you know I'm I for the most part I'm not drinking beer during the week. Okay. So when I buy a four pack or a six pack, it's sitting in the refrigerator. Some shows I'll have two beers. Some shows I'll have one. So this morning I looked in the uh, not this morning this evening I looked into the uh, refrigerator. I saw that I still had three of these bad boys staring right back at me and thought to myself, ooh, this could be a fun after dark pajama party. I've got three left blondes and I'll be drinking them. Nice. Ron? Yes. Do you like beer? I like beer. I like beer. I know it's it's tough to run these controls sometimes. I'm you I'm you, so I'm I'm I don't I'm not familiar with these controls. Wow. Um, what are you drinking? Uh, so I pulled out of the beer fridge um, a classic one that I brought on the show before from our good friends at Trogues. It's their Grand Cacao uh, Chocolate Stout brewed with cacao and milk sugar. Uh, this is a, uh, it's a malt. It's a Pilsner Munich Caramel Chocolate Special and Roasted Barley Malts Oats. Um, 12 fluid ounces, and uh, it is Peruvian cacao nibs, uh, and along with the vanilla and the milk sugar, clocking in at a 6.5%. Uh, very nice dark body there. Um, a delicious beer. I've had this before. Ah, yeah. a sip. That'll do me right. That'll take care of me for the entire show. What's the ABV on that? 6.5. So a smidge under your lef or lefe. I'm not still not sure of the pronunciation. I feel like William Esquire should be looking this one up. He should be. I, I'm a little disappointed that he did not uh, get back to us after last week's show about that. But it is what it is. In the meantime. You know, I feel like at one point he was, you know, in line to be, um, you know, promoted up to official statistician of the Ron and Brian podcast, the official fact checker. He was you know, putting in the work. Like, I he was feel putting like in the he work. Has, he's really started to, um, uh, you know, slack on those types of duties. You know, he's been busy. You know, he's been um, going to book signings, uh, you know, getting wings, seeing stand-up comedy. Um, just, you, you know. You saw, he, he posted a photo with somebody this week. Yeah. I was not expecting. It, was a, it wasn't Ralph Macchio. Uh, wasn't it? I thought it was the Ralph Macchio photo. Maybe he, maybe this was the week. Here we go. The Abbey is. So it's pronounced Lef, but the Dutch pronunciation is Leffa. So I Leffa, guess, I guess but I'm really not de- Dutch. I'm, 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 I'm speaking English. So you're siding with the French pronunciation. Wow. It's just That's how a it low comes blow, across. Ron. It's just how it came across. That's all I'm saying. You know how I feel about the French. I know. I know. Not a fan. Not a fan. All right. Uh, hey, it's time for Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? I'm pulling an audible. I was I was going to say that my uh, beef of this week is the normalization of hate speech um, on by on the part of the right, 
that um, that I believe directly led uh, a man into breaking into Nancy Pelosi's home with a ha- armed with a hammer, um, attacking her husband. That was going to be my beef of the week. And then I remembered that something happened earlier this week that caused me true rage, true anger. <laughs> and what was that? Ch- John Hinckley. All right. The uh, the uh, attempted uh, assassin of uh, Ronald Reagan. Fuck John. <laughs> oh, boy. And this is a hot take because I'm, go- I'm going after a man who um, who, who we, we know for a fact is willing to, to shoot people. <laughs> that is true. He has done it. Uh, he has done it before in his life, so I guess you can so say that. So I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my little neck out on the line here. But as, as you know, certain, you know, um, close friends of the show are aware, I had been engaging in an email back and forth I believe that nowadays the kids are calling it a e-chat with um, one John Hinckley and me. We were having a back and forth, and Mr. Hinckley um, stopped responding. Very disappointing. I reached out to him again after a couple days, and he ignored that email afterwards. And that is a slight that I do not accept. It's like a slap in the face, virtually. If you're going to ghost me, me, I'm Brian me. of the Ron and Brian podcast. I am 49% owner of the world's fastest growing um, independent podcast related to current events by two men who are wearing newspaper boy caps. It's a niche market, but we are we are we are crushing it. And John Hinckley decides that he's just not going to respond to my emails anymore. No. Fuck John <laughs> Hinckley. How dare you? How dare you ignore me this way? Unacceptable. He won't be ignored. I will not be ignored. Um, and if he owned a rabbit, I would boil the fuck out of that. <laughs> nice reference. The younger kids won't get it, but a good reference. Kids, kids will have no idea. Look at up, kids. <laughs> yes. Boiled rabbit. Yep. Uh, Ron? Yes. It's bothering you so this week and again i know this will uh this will come across as a very uh i guess first world problem type b for the week but um so we 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 bought uh, a new tv uh, a couple of weeks back wife wanted a new tv i didn't think we needed a new tv but i found out how wrong i was and we did need a new tv um now she, let me ask you a question yeah I'm sorry to interrupt of course of why course. um why did you say that you um didn't think you needed TV and then realized that you did? Um, well, I, I felt the TV we had was fine. Um, and then I was led to uh, understand how stupid I was in my thinking and that we did need a new TV. And apparently that TV also needed to be mounted over our fireplace. Um, so we had a company come in that has done a lot of work uh, at this house since we moved in uh, seven years ago. And uh, so they, they, you know, they had to break through the wall, run the lines, you know, it was a whole thing, took like the whole day. And as it's getting to the end of the end of the day, they finally have this thing up on the wall. 
and the guy comes and gets me and he's like he's like oh you see this mark on your screen and i'm looking and there's definitely like a little like circular mark like in the mm -hmm. middle of the screen i'm like yeah that that wasn't there before he's like so did you just take it out of the box like this and i, I no i'm like we set it up we watched it i'm like that was literally not there this morning so you want me to leave this up or you want to pack it up and send it back to Amazon or wherever you got it? And I'm like, no, you're not getting this. Like, what did you do to our TV? Like, right. it was not like, and so clearly he wasn't like, like he just felt like he should just take the TV down and we should send it back and just deal with it. So did he acknowledge that he had, he had been responsible for any damage to it? Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, right. So we ended up calling like the, the head guy because that's usually who we deal with. And we're like, listen, like your guy is like, you were here this morning. You saw the TV. It didn't have that mark on it. Now that mark is on it. And your guy doesn't know what the heck's going on. So we go on, you know, we go have a conversation as to how we're going to handle it. And so now the guy won't finish hooking up the TV. He's like, he's like, I didn't break your TV. I'm just leaving. And he just leaves like it's up there, but it's not hooked up. So we get it hooked up because we're like, all right. Well, we figure out what we're going to do about this TV. At least we can watch it. Let's plug it in. Let's turn it on. Let's see how that great picture is. And Brian, if I can pull up a photo real quick, when we plugged it in and turned it sure. on, this is how it looked. You can see the uh, nice little uh, spider web break in the middle of the TV and only the right hand side of the TV working. Wow. Yeah. So uh, clearly we couldn't watch the TV. I mean, we could. The left side of, of many TV shows is, uh, is, uh, is irrelevant a lot of the times. So um, You mean like the podcast that we do regularly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so let's just say we are, uh, we, are, we are getting a new television because we sent the pictures of this and we're like, this is more than just a mark on the screen. Like your, your guys literally like fucked up the, the entire screen. And and did they um, are they taking responsibility for they, it? Or are he they is, saying yes. we don't? Yeah, he's like he's like I trust you guys. I've worked with you for a number of years. He's like we'll we'll take care of it. So are they buying you a new TV? Like what I'm doing now, just to like make <laughs> make it better is right. I'm holding up my hand to the left hand side of this thing. I'm going to tell you something. This podcast is so much better now. <laughs> I feel hurt by that, Brian. I feel very hurt. I'm just, yeah, no, no, no. All I'm seeing is like, it just says, and Brian, <laughs> and my phone. Like, I hear your voice. You're like the voice of God. Right. You know, um, the Wizard of Oz, if you would. I mean, I'm basically, a, I, because they were they were doing some additional work around the house. We had a few other projects that they were working on. So basically, what the cost was going to be for having them doing the work in the house was pretty much equal to the cost of the TV. So he was basically like, just don't. He's like, he's like, don't pay us for the work we did today. He's like, and, and we'll call it even. And so we've ordered another TV. And so now we'll just have to wait and swap out the TV when it gets here. Yeah, but can't, when did you buy the TV? Like two weeks ago. So why don't you just return the TV and say it was damaged when you took it out of the box? <laughs> well, because we've had it for you know a period of time, and it's yeah. Like, but you 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 mean you can? It's possible that you bought it and did not open it until um, it was ready to be installed. And when you opened it, there was a huge dent in the um, in the screen, and therefore you can't use it. So you want me to lie? You want me to cheat, Brian? Is that what you want me to do? No, what I'm saying to you, Ron, I would never tell you to do that. What I'm saying is that you should have done this already ah. and not announced on the podcast what was going on. 
Valid point. Well, I will keep that in mind for next time. Free TV and free homework. <laughs> genius. Yes, genius, my friend. Genius, my friend. All right. What do we, what do we have? Uh, what do we want to start with this week, Brian? We've got we've got stories. We've got news. Listen, we've okay, got let, regaling. Can I, can I take can I take over for a moment? I would love if you did. Would that be all right. Yes, okay. that'd be a hundred percent. Ron, Ron, we all know how important the Halloween holiday is to you. Correct. And one of the one of the the staples of Halloween is attending Halloween parties. It, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yes. Tell me about your Halloween party that you had this weekend. So uh, as because uh, I we, know you went to one. I did. We went to the the Jardy Halloween party, and uh, again, like you said, uh, I'm a big fan of Halloween. Uh, my wedding anniversary is on Halloween, so that'll be tomorrow. Um, I thought we did a good job of, of decorating the house at times for Halloween. But Brian, you missed out on uh, professional quality haunted house type decorating of someone's house for a, hollow, uh, for a Halloween party. So we went to the Jardy party last night, sure. the one that you were invited Jardy to. Jardy party. Jardy party. Jardy party. Could not make it. Um, so you, you walk up to the house. There's a couple jack-o'-lanterns out in front of the house that say Go Phils. Obviously, big time uh, here in Philadelphia with the World Series, which we'll get to later on. You walk up the driveway because the party's in the backyard. There is a skeleton um, on a John Deere tractor greeting you before you go in. And literally every room of the first floor of the house is decorated for Halloween. And I'll, I'll sure. show you some pictures in, in a moment, which is great for those of you listening to the podcast. But this is why we tell you to join us on YouTube. But then in the yeah. backyard, the backyard, they've got, you know, the, the entire backyard is decorated. They've got fog machines. They've got lights. They've got skeletons. They've got creatures. It's it's insane. Fog machines? Fog machines. Yes, fog machines. Wow. I mean, when I tell you... It was it was one of those those parties you go to and you realize I can never throw a Halloween party myself because I will sure. never be able to uh, to decorate as well as you know as uh, as Marty did. We'll give a little credit to to John and Matt, uh, but this is just some of the the decorations that were taking place inside the house. This was outside, right outside their back door, a little uh, graveyard with skeletons and tombstones all lit up, and just you know just some great. Um, this is the coffin that uh, Marty bought, decorated herself, hung up. Um, again, just all over the place. Everywhere you looked was just little Halloween decorations. This was the, the alcohol table, um, little popcorn machine, just craziness all over the place. So uh, what kudos. What do you do with this stuff after tomorrow? I mean, a lot of it gets packed up. and Oh, and this, she made a skull out of Slim Jim's. That's all Slim Jim stuck onto this little creepy skull here. I am not a Slim Jim fan. Are you? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll have a Slim Jim every now and then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I just, again, uh, kudos. Uh, and we know we know Marty's a fan of the podcast, so I have to say kudos to her. Uh, you, but for, does the podcast know who Marty Jardy is? Uh, I mean, these are friends of ours. And that we have we hang out with uh, on a regular basis, and uh, some of us attend their parties more than others. Just saying, Jay Essen. Um, but yeah, so a good time, great food, great drink, great company, but amazing decorations. Yes, um, just so that everybody understands the uh, the origin story of Marty Jardy is that um, 
uh, our official um, first um, uh, mascot of the podcast, Paisley. Paisley, correct. Paisley was living with uh, Marty Jardy, um, who uh, as a foster dog, when um, Ron and Susan decided that they needed to adopt an animal. Correct. And uh, met Paisley um, and said, we will adopt this dog that you've been fostering. And that is how a beautiful friendship was made. Yes. And it's uh, it's Marty and John, hence uh, why we call them the Jardies. Correct. That's not their last name. They're not no. Marty Jardy. But, you know, so you, we, we've combined their first two names that so they're officially the Jardies. But you've got John Jardy and you have Marty Jardy. <laughs> exactly. And I will I will say this. They are a heck of a couple. They are. They are a, they are a fun couple to be around. Good people. Um, you know, they, uh, they they play off each other very well. They're very entertaining. Billy, they, uh, um, met him at the Dave Hill event and at Broken Goblet. Which is odd because Billy had the opportunity to be... Billy likes to go to Broken Goblet the day before um, the... Uh, um, before events, Happy Halloween. Uh, before Happy Halloween. He likes going there before. I mean, that is there. better than you. That was nowhere near it at all the entire weekend. I'm sorry. Listen, this year, I... Um, this year was not good. Uh, no, I'm not even going to blame it on calendar management. I had I, I I had commitments, and then I had calendar issues, and then I had other commitments, and then you know, um, at the end of the day, I'm I've, I've I've made the stance that I will not come down to Philadelphia until your home renovations are final. Think about it. How would you have felt had I come down this weekend, and I would have had to see half of a um, of a TV? <laughs> would have been embarrassing. No. When it is all done, all right. Um, that is when we, I will uh, come down, and that's I will not come down until your home is ready. Well, couches have been ordered, so we we are another small step of the way there. Because you needed new couches too. Well, because so the let me couch get straight. The couch is so gone. New, that's why new couches, new right. dining room table. We spoke about that earlier this week. Right, right, right. New TV. Yep. yep. New floors. Yep, yep. Not new floors. We re- refinish the floors. New floors. Um, what have we? Um, what else have we gotten rid of that I, I should know about? Um, new bedroom furniture. We have. To, we're still working on that. We got a bed frame finally. You do realize that, like a, a, as this conversation goes on, you are looking more and more suburban white. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I looked less suburban white at any point in our 230 episodes. Hmm. What do you think? 230. Not to change the subject, but Jesus. They never. They they said we would never make two thirty. No, they said we'd never make number one. And uh, you know, for a couple of months, it looked like they might have been right. But once we Correct. got this going, uh, it's just been like a, a steam train. Um, before made, we get and on, I made number two. I made number two this morning. There you it's go. Very, not a pretty sight. So talk about uh, you. You were not at the Jardy party as we discussed, but you nope. you did have a previous commitment and a pretty cool one at that. So talk a little bit about where you were. This fine weekend, I was invited to um, uh, to assist Mr. Alan Robert, friend of the show. He's been a guest on the podcast. Friend of the has show has been a guest on. We'll uh, you know uh, we'll we'll check out episodes and watch them live and comment and whatnot. Um, friend of the show, Alan Robert, uh, uh, creator of the Beauty of Horror adult um, coloring book series. Uh, book number six should be coming out in the next couple months. Uh, uh, bass player of Life of Agony 
and at the same time, uh, uh, also um, uh, star uh, writer of uh, the band Spoiler NYC, um, uh, which is a punk band, uh, asked me to help him. He was uh, uh, going to be in Parsippany, New Jersey, um, working Chiller Theater, which is a once a year. Uh, excuse me, it's twice a year. Um, it is a horror convention, um, which is attended by some uh, A-list celebrities, some B-list celebrities, and some C and D-list celebrities. But you know, it's a weekend where there there is a horror theme. You know, it's usually held around uh, Halloween weekend. Right. Um, this year really was very close to Halloween. Um, I do not recall it being like that way in years past, but um, it was uh, always a fun time. In our room uh, this year was Constantine Maroulis, Maroulis, Margolis, something along those lines. I'll, I'll star take a word on of, um, Star of American Idol. I believe he said he was on season three or season uh, four. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, he said he was on the year with Ka Carrie Underwood. Okay. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. That name you got correct. Yes. Um, he was also on, um, on uh, helped create Rock of Ages, the Broadway musical. Interesting. Um, and he was on the touring uh, uh, crew with uh, the uh, Rent um what kind of thing he was in the room with us uh you know it's a small room uh, there's about you know six tables people walk in and out of so i spent the weekend hanging with him very uh genuine very nice guy also in the room with us was yes he was on the original run of rock of ages uh, if you could confirm the pronunciation of his uh last name great guy i'd like to point out um uh, also was a, uh, the guitar player from the Plasmatics. I know, Ron, oh. you were a big 1980s Big Wendy O. Williams fan. Big. This was her guitar player. He was sitting next to us. Also was Larry Tamblin, uncle of um, Amber Tamblin. Amber Tamblin, correct. But he is known for being part of some 60s garage band that hmm. really was the Shandells, it might have been. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Um, but he he spent the whole weekend sitting next to me. And then also in our room was some blonde woman who was doing some kind of like makeup where she was selling some masks. Um, Al and I theorized that it was some kind of uh, bondage S&M thing that was just a little um, weird. And then also in our room was a, um, uh, a former pornographic actress who was then moved on to doing um, – uh, you know, B-type horror movies okay. by the name of Erin Brown. We had never heard of her. Yeah, not um, familiar with that. And I did not look up to see what her previous work had been. <laughs> but that is something that I might uh, have to do at some point. Might prove Anywho, it later on. Um, but the point being is just the fact that, uh, you know, the, the big names at Chiller this year, uh, Christy Brinkley Ooh. was there this weekend. I okay. saw her. Um, Cheech Marin nice. was one of the big names. Chaz Palminteri was there of course. signing autographs. Ace Freely, um, Gina Lee Nolan oh. was uh, there. But, uh, you know, and then we start to uh, get to a lot of people where you look at photos of them and you're like, no, you. And then you you have to IMDB them yeah. afterwards. So, um, so yesterday, um, uh, I'll tell you, it's just a couple celebrity encounters I had. All right, please do. 
the, if there are people who are interested in hearing the story about um, a guy getting stabbed this year and then pulling out a gun, um, we'll save that story for after dark. Sounds good. But yeah, somebody was stabbed and as they were bleeding, um, pulled out a gun at Chiller this year. So we had a lockdown. Everybody was locked in their rooms <laughs> for probably about 45 minutes or so. But All there's right. no reason to be to be hyping that up. Um, also, I don't know if Mrs. Al is watching this and she may not know the full extent of uh, of, of what we're dealing with. You don't um, panic anywho, people. Man, no, no need to unnecessarily panic people. Um, yesterday morning, I was taking the elevator down uh, to go get breakfast and I bumped into... Um, uh, on the elevator that we were on the fourth floor of the uh, Hilton in Parsippany, New Jersey. Never, you know, you never want to say I spent the weekend in Parsippany, New Jersey, but oh, yes, I did. Uh, Ron, can you pull the photo of actor John Atkins? Tom Atkins? Tom. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, I believe. Like I said, he's one of those guys that you look at and you're just like, I know you. And then three minutes later, you're like, I do, where do I know that guy from? <laughs> he was in Escape from New York. He was right. in, a, you know, just a whole slew of movies. He gets on the elevator with us. Um, just, th just the three of us riding the elevator down from the third floor down. He looks at us and says, how are you guys doing? And I said to him, I had a hot shower this morning. So that's a pretty good damn day. At which point he stopped as he was getting off the first floor, looked at us, and then told us a story about uh, James Garner that um, he used to uh, work with on the Rockford Files and how uh, 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 Jim Garner used to always insist on taking a hot shower for about an hour on days where he was not having a good day because he would always feel better by the time he was out of it. The story felt like it went on for an hour, but that's not even here nor there. It was the fact that this is one of the things that like, I, 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 I like about the, the, the weekend is that you get to see kind of like who people really are. Right. Because he was not he, – he was not, you know, like you weren't buying his time. You weren't buying a photo or an autograph from him. He could have just gotten on that elevator, not really engaged, just stared off into space and just waited. Um and then, um, you know, and instead he absolutely was engaging, talked to us very nice. Um, also took an elevator with Kathy Moriarty. I don't think he gave me a photo of her. No, because none of those photos would have been a true reflection of what that woman looks like right now. I don't want to lie. What would, which, what would I know? I, 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 I somewhat know the name. What would I know Kathy Moriarty from? Good question, Ron. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look that up on IMDb. She was, I believe she was in Raging Bull. Okay. She played um, uh, De Niro's wife. Remember she uh, she burned the stake and got uh, uh, beaten up? Got it. Yep. So that was her biggest role was um, Raging Bull. But she was also in Soap Dish with Whoopi Goldberg. She was in Analyze That with um, another De Niro that was with uh, – uh, Billy Crystal. She was in The Bounty Hunter. Um, but she was in so many different important movies. She was on... Uh, uh, hold on. Okay, really? No. Uh, she was in Copland. <laughs> okay. Billy uh, 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 William Esquire is one of his favorite movies, Copland. I'm surprised that... She was in Forget Paris. She None of these sound the very uh, horror-like, though. Well, I didn't... But it's not everybody that was in horror. It's... Okay. 
Chaz Palminteri is not a horror guy, right. but he showed up for signatures. Ace Freely was there from Kiss, not horror theater. Well, I would, I would argue that Kiss, uh, Kiss's movie in that haunted amusement park uh, qualifies as horror. Did you actually see that movie? Oh, yeah. God, it was god-awful. When I was a kid, I watched it. It was, it was bad even when I was a kid. I never saw it. So, um, so last night, and I'll, then here's another. Now, here's one where I will um, openly say that sometimes Brian does not have the best social graces in public. So last night, um, Al and I went to the steakhouse that's inside the hotel that we were staying at um, and decided to go uh, uh, split a porterhouse. Because when you've got two gentlemen who have been um, drinking uh, Jack and Cokes throughout the afternoon, what do they do at the end of a long day? Split a porterhouse steak. There you go. So, um, so we're at the table. We're eating. I made the mistake of having two gin and tonics at the table. So I am feeling very good by the time I got up from the table. Done eating, stand up, take two steps, look down, and I see an a older man looking at me. And I look at this older man, and I realize that I am staring into 1970s game show host extraordinaire Bob Eubanks. Oh yeah, the newlywed game. Um, yeah, the newlywed game. What else did he host? Uh, the newlywed game. All right. So I you see, Bo- yes. he, he's pulling up right. So you see Bob Eubanks. You're obviously. Uh, we've done an episode of uh, the the honeymoon of the uh, newlywed game on our True. actual podcast. Um, so you've hosted. So you you yes. can you kind of I guess feel like you are. Um, compatriots, the two of you. So yep. how did meeting Bob Eubanks go? Oh, well, you know, I truly respected his privacy. I respected that the man was in the middle of a meal. Um, actually, no, I did not do that. Uh, as he looks up card sharks, that's the game where I remember. I used to love card sharks. Good game. So he stares at me only because, like, I'm walking past his table, so I enter his field of vision. He looks at me, I look at him, and I immediately just drunkenly go like, Bob Eubanks! And I shove my hand in his face. (laughs) The man literally had a fork in one hand and a knife in the other. He was cutting his steak, but he happened to have just looked up and made eye contact with me. And like a fucking idiot, like an idiot, I literally was like, Bob Eubanks! Like, there was no filter. Right. There was no thought process. There was no should I, shouldn't die. There was none. I immediately just shoved my hand in his face to get a handshake. He smiled at me, gave, you know, put his um, uh, one of the utensils down, gave me a little fist pound, and then um, I was on my way. And literally, <laughs> before I had even exited the restaurant, my shame spiral kicked in. <laughs> I was in such a place of self-loathing as I walked out because I've been, I, I've always, like so many times if you, you know, you get me into a conversation about how to behave around the celebrity and what I always say, like, they're just regular people, you know, respect their, you know, respect their privacy, respect sure. what they're doing. Like you see somebody walking down the street, like don't stop them and tell them about your childhood. You know, you may sit there and just be like, you know, hey, I like your work as you walk by him. Or, right. You know, big fan. Big like, fan. 
big fan. Something you know, just but but don't stop them. They're they're if they're walking down the street, they're going somewhere. Um, and I literally just was like Bob Eubanks. And then as I walked out, I literally just hated myself. <laughs> I completely fucking hated myself. But the high point of the weekend, and then I will um, I will wrap this story up before Ron starts to play the Eric Clapton song, is um, we had done a nice favor for a woman who was working with Nick Castle. And she said, if you want to um, come over for a photo or an autograph with Nick, feel free to, um, you know, anytime later today. Okay. Now, when she said this to me, I literally, in one ear, out the other, had no idea the name Nick Castle meant nothing to me. Then as she walked away and I thought a little bit more, I said, Nick Castle, why does that name sound familiar? Right. And then I Googled it. And then I realized that, yes, this is somebody I want to meet. This is somebody I need to um, interact with because this is Nick Castle, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Castle was the shape. He was the original Michael Myers in 1981's Halloween, my favorite horror movie of all time. Look at me with the unbuttoned shirt. No buttons were buttoned here, right? Wow. Um, uh, so uh, the kind woman let me cut the line. She got me a free signature with them. Saved myself $60. Nice. Value, I mean, value proposition. Um, so uh, he was very gracious. Um, you know, in, and in this moment, because I was sober, I behaved. I literally was just like, <laughs> and, um, you know, the Halloween movie, uh, you know, this is just a really important moment that I, you know, I can say I met you. He signed this photo for me and I was on my way. Um, I showed a lot more grace in um, in meeting Nick Castle than I did in meeting Bob Eubanks later on um, when I embarrassed myself. Now, what's kind of ironic here is in looking at this photo, um, it would appear that his neckline is even higher than yours. I know. I know. Well, you know, I like to I like to let loose a little bit during chiller. Right. Um. And then very and ironically, this morning, as we were taking the elevator down um, to start the day, um, exiting our hotel room, who was in our elevator? Nick Castle. Nick Castle. Did so you have any did you have any hot shower conversations with Nick Castle? No, uh, uh, both Al and I looked at him. We immediately I pretended like we knew um, that he would recognize us. And we we're like, how are you doing? How was your day yesterday? It was like, you know, he had no idea who we were. And then um, I said to him, you know, uh, I was like, I got your autograph yesterday. I was like, you're the only person here that I want to have a, that I, that I would want an autograph of. And he looked at me much like a, um, I had just bursted into his house and was attacking him with a hammer <laughs> because he just was like, mm, thank you. And then he was on his way. Did he look like, you know, you had just interrupted him cutting his steak at a nice no. restaurant? No, not at all. I was so <laughs> horrified by my, I was so horrified that I interrupted Bob Eubanks at dinner. Um, but what's cool about Chiller, in all honesty, is the fact that, um, you know, you are staying in the same hotel with these people because it's a week long, it's a weekend long convention that you see these people in, you know, in at breakfast. Correct. You see these people online at the in-house Starbucks. And in this case, you see the people at the um, in-house steakhouse. So, you know, um, it's just, it's, 
it's it's interesting to see them when they're when they're working at the show and when they're you know a little bit more relaxed and eating a steak with a fork and knife while some drunken idiot shoves his hand in their face. I mean, it seems like a very uh, eclectic mix of attendees, kind of like a okay. cosmic gumbo almost. Absolutely. And then somebody today got stabbed. <laughs> Listen, th- these things happen, you know. Good times. Yes. Very, very good times. So it sounds like you and I each had a very good weekend. Do we want to talk about your anniversary? Do we want to save that for after dark? when we're doing our pajama party and you want to move on to some weird news because we do have quite a lot of it and we may want to jump into it, Ron. Let's you just, are 51% owner of this podcast. You make the call. Let's just hop into it. I mean, I don't have much to say about my anniversary except, uh, yeah, tomorrow will be my nine-year wedding anniversary. What have you planned for 10 and how can I be involved? Uh, we haven't planned yet, so we'll have to... Uh, uh, we'll have to make sure we get ourselves on your calendar uh, this far out. What do you think about a trip to Vegas so you and Mrs. Ron can uh, renew your vows? I mean, it's always some, a trip to Vegas is always on the table, regardless of what the uh, situation is. Vegas on Halloween, I imagine that would be fun. Oh, it was it was as crazy as Vegas is normally. The Vegas trip on Halloween night is, is that much more so crazy. It's a Tuesday, Ron. We can make it a little long weekend out of it. All right. I like where your head's at. Let's get to uh, weird news, though. Which uh, which sure. story do we want to start with? We've got uh, a lot of weird news this week. You start, Ron. You're you're in charge. This is your show. All right. This one. I mean, it's it's a sad story, and yet it is it is ironic. Don't you think? Uh, which we kind of like. Uh, a someone uh, was killed in a motorcycle crash, um, which obviously Happens. doesn't sound that weird. However, the ironic part is it's a gentleman by the name of Ron Smith. Uh, he was a Florida lawyer uh, who fought against state laws requiring motorcycle riders to wear helmets. Um, he was killed in this motorcycle crash while not wearing a helmet. Um, And even more ironically, he was on the way to a memorial service for another biker uh, who had been killed in August as he tried to slow for traffic in front of him. Uh, His girlfriend, Brenda Volpe, uh, who was a passenger on his motorcycle, was also killed. Um, She was also not wearing a helmet. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was going to a memorial for a motorcyclist that had died. Correct. And then he himself... And his girlfriend were in an accident, and they both died, and were not wearing helmets. I'm all I'm happy that he died. I mean, okay, happy is not the right word. I was like, say. I, okay, that came out wrong. I am not upset in any way that he died. Well, listen, he, you know, he he got his rights. He got to live his life the way he wanted to, and right. um, you know, that's uh, that's Darwinism, I think, in, in play. Sure. I mean, how I mean, not only that, but like he, he's going to become a national lesson as to why you should be a reminder as to why you should be wearing a helmet at all times. Correct. Uh, he was a member of the Brotherhood Against to- Totalitarian Enactments. And a friend Dave Newman said, quote, he thought everybody should have their own choice. So sure, he, got, he, he got that choice. And his choice resulted in, in, in him dying. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? Oh, so we have uh, 
Again, sad but kind of weird to begin with. Uh, a uh, a woman, ninety five year old woman, um, living in a uh, in a uh, nursing home on Staten Island, uh, dies after getting into a fight with another resident at this nursing home. So she was 95 years old. She gets in a fight with an 84-year-old fellow nursing home resident. Um, Her name was Naomi Noto. She survived World War II in Italy, ovarian cancer, and two cases of covid uh, but it was a fight with a uh, another uh, another uh, patient at the Carmel Richmond Nursing Home and Rehab Center uh, back in April. Uh, she apparently fell to the floor during the fight and hit her head um, and died from that eight days later. Okay. Now her death has wow. been uh, ruled a homicide. Um, so I guess the question is, will they actually prosecute, uh, this 84 year old woman that she got in the fight with? I would be very shocked if they did. I'd be very shocked if they did. Um, I mean, I, you're fighting somebody, you know, is it, uh, are you really responsible for their death at that point? They know what they're doing. I mean, I guess the question is who, yeah. I guess the question is who instigates the fight because that typically, you know, if if it's a self defense situation versus you, you know someone attacking you, um, right? You know, how is that? How does that play out? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think that they should? You know, it's again. I think at that at that age at that situation, oh, it's 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 a slippery slope, Brian. You know, you don't know what their mental state is. Um, Personally, I mean, if I make it to 95, I would I would love to go out getting in a scuffle with somebody else. If I'm if I'm that that old, like just sure. put me out of my freaking misery. And you know what? Kudos to somebody who, you know, at the age of, you know, a, a, at that age who's still throwing hands. Yeah. Listen, you know, this is how New Yorkers are. I mean, you're you're New York tough, Brian. You know how it is. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, when it's time for someone to catch some hands, you're going to throw them. Yeah, I, I, it's it's what you do. You know, mind your business until you can't mind your business. That's right. And um, then, well, that's time off. to go. Time to go. Out yeah. in Chicago, uh, we, Chicago. Have a, we have a story about a, a Chicago landlord, Francis Walker, uh, whose uh, remains were found in a freezer in her north side home uh, earlier this month after a resident of the building reported her missing. Uh, one of her tenants, Sandra Kalalu, has been charged with her murder. Um, and now it has come to find out that the family says that the, the landlord has had had to call the police on this uh, on this tenant uh, multiple times, five times in October mm-hmm. alone. Uh, apparently, police uh, did not do anything, um, and as a result, uh, this landlord ends up getting murdered. Yep, that's a rough one. That's absolutely a rough one, and it's one of the um, you know one of the risks that you run in. Um, you know, uh, being a landlord and is uh, that the people that you are, um, you know, renting out your your homes to um, are not necessarily always going to be good quality people that you are you know, you're going to run the risk of people who, you know, treat, uh, you know, the, the home uh, disrespectfully will break things, will um, not keep it clean, 
um, will will not pay these. Gotta stop. Sorry, it felt like you were going to go on a little uh, little run there. Nope. Let's move on, Ron. All right, Brian, you uh, you brought this uh, story to the table. I know you've been following it closely about the yep. German doctor uh, ordered to pay medical bills in an oral sex OD case. Yes. Tell us, because this is just the headline alone just really draws you in. All right. Some, you, sometimes the New York Post knows what it's doing with their copy editors. So here's the story. There is a German doctor who is... Um, uh, having uh, sexual relations with a woman. Um, what he does is he covers his penis with cocaine. He, and then he has this woman perform oral sex on him. In the process, the amount, apparently the amount of cocaine that he put on his penis or that she had previously done or whatnot, this woman ODs and dies. Wow. Now, while he was not being charged with a criminal act, he was sued by her family to, so that um, uh, over her medical bills that were incurred prior to her death. And the family was basically saying, you are responsible for her overdosing because you're the one that covered your penis in cocaine. And his defense was, your daughter was an experienced cocaine user and <laughs> she should have known what the proper amount of cocaine that she could handle prior to ingesting it. Now, he also uh, ended up uh, getting sentenced to nine years in jail uh, because he was found guilty of aggravated yes. rape and bodily harm. Well, that was a separate case. I mean, <laughs> and they, if, if, you, if you remember in the article, it does say that that's on appeal. And because it's a German court, he will probably be let free. Interesting. I, yeah, I don't know why you, uh, the, the. First off, I'm going to say this. I've never done cocaine. Right. I do not understand. Um, I do not understand the mindset of somebody that does a drug that they can overdose from. Well, and, and why you would feel the need to put it on your penis. Oh, because it was uh, just, you know, a creative way for her to ingest it. I get it, but I don't know. It just uh, and maybe it seems like too much. While she's, but maybe he's thinking that while she's performing the oral sex, the cocaine's going to mix with her saliva and go into his pee hole, and then he's going to have a, a cocaine wiener like uh, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Um, Did Harvey like he, a nice uh, cocaine wiener? Is that what you're saying? I know Harvey. Harvey Weinstein seemed to really appreciate raping Hollywood actresses. Well, I mean that that much we know. I don't, and things I don't even have to say allegedly anymore. <laughs> That's true. Now that he's been convicted, you don't have to clean it up at all. I could just say that Harvey Weinstein is a rapist. Uh, moving on, a UK woman uh, was left heartbroken when Virginia Atlantic lost her luggage, which contained her husband's ashes and their wedding rings, as she flew to Walt Disney World uh, to bury them. Uh, Joyce Jackson uh, said that the airline accidentally left her suitcase. Uh, with the items in them at Manchester Airport um, and have not been able to locate them. Um, I have zero sympathy for this woman. Really? Why is zero. that? How on earth do you allow your husband's ashes to, rem to be um, uh, uh, removed from your site at any point 
during this travel. True. Now, I mean, I would put that in the carry-on, maybe. I'm not saying that she should have put those that those ashes should have been put in a bag that she, you know, uh, you know, stapled to her thighs. But how do you check luggage and put your husband's ashes in them? Um, absolutely. How do you, how dare you take that risk? And and I don't know this whole thing about burying your your or, or I guess releasing ashes at Walt Disney World. I don't know. They call that a gray alert. If if you know at Disney, it it happens so often that when that they um, that the security staff has a code to announce over the loudspeaker when um, human ashes have been found in um, Disney World that requires a um, hazmat team to come and clean it, and it's called a gray alert. So if you are ever at Disneyland or Disney really? World. I'm not kidding this. I, 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 this. I believe you. That if you call, if you are at Disney World and they say we have a red, we have a gray alert in, um, you know, a specific ride, that means that there was video and they saw somebody spreading ashes in that ride, and that's why they are um, they're going to need to shut it down. All right. But I just think of all the places <clears throat> to to leave your ashes to be dumped in Disney World. Ultimate disrespect, you know. Um, and just how dare you sit there and 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 check luggage? <laughs> well, I do, I do think that's something you uh, you carry on. That that's definitely you put that in a carry on bag and you bring that with you. It's like if you were carrying medication. You don't you don't check medication. Of course. Um, you don't check uh, ashes, uh, things of that nature. And another thing you don't do is you don't check your TV as your repairman <laughs> is putting it up on the wall. No, you, you don't. don't. You yourself, do not, my friend. Hey, Hey, is there a big ding in the middle of that thing? That wasn't there before. What's going on over here? Brian, do you use uh, you use Uber Eats? I try to avoid Uber Eats. Okay. Um, it is um, I think that the gig economy is something I'm trying to avoid, you know, um, engaging with. I believe that restaurants should hire a full-time employee to make their deliveries, that this idea of people who are just, you know, going from restaurant to restaurant, picking up individual um, orders to with, to deliver them, where the their actual um, pay is not coming from any type of employer. But stop. so I was just trying to set up an Uber Eats story. I was just really looking for a yes. So so Brian, do you uh, use Uber Eats? You know, I've used it on occasion. You know, All right, fantastic. Do you get can you get alcohol through Uber Eats in uh, New York City? I believe you can order beer from delis, but I do not believe you can order from liquor stores. So apparently you can order alcohol uh, down under down in Australia, uh, but apparently Uber Eats keeps an eye on how many alcohol orders you place. Uh, and one customer has been called out uh, by the amount of alcohol they've been ordering. Uh, an email sent to an unidentified Australian customer said, quote, our systems indicate that you've placed a few alcohol orders over the past few weeks. Uh, going on to say that if the ordering pattern continued, a hold may be put on the customer's account or it could be raised for further review. Uh, the email goes on to say experts recommend that no more than 10 standard drinks are consumed each week. 
So apparently, really? apparently, this is something Uber Eats uh, started in August, uh, and their mark is that they uh, they uh, will deliver alcohol. Um, it does not specify maximum order limits, but it will send out these warning emails if it feels uh, that you possibly are ordering too much. It also shares a link uh, to a company called Drinkwise, uh, which is a company that uh, campaigns against drunk driving. Although, if you think about it, Uber Eats technically prevents drunk driving because they're bringing the alcohol to your house. So if you're then not bringing it, then that person has to go out and get it. So it feels kind of counterintuitive the more I think about it. I just think that if it's a service that you're offering, why would you then sit there and judge people who are using that service? Right. Either don't allow... Either don't allow people to order alcohol and Uber Eats or allow them to use it and then allow them to use it. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me on that. No? Or you think it's no. a part of the nanny state? The nanny state? No, it's uh, Australia. They're, oh. uh, they're borderline criminals down there. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a penal colony at one point. Right? Well, Is that what I'm getting that right? Well, yeah, they sent uh, London used to send um, uh, convicted criminals to there to get them out of England. And they would also send prostitutes down there to um, uh, allow there to be, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Female companionship to these uh, criminals. So this way they would uh, procreate. All right. Uh, back in this country, Brian, gas prices uh, starting to move their way back up. The average cost of a gallon of gas uh, starting to hover around $4 again as we get closer to the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. In a completely unrelated story, Shell will buy back $4 billion worth of their stock shares and increase its dividend by 15% after posting another record quarterly profit. Yes, Shell posted a net income of $9.5 billion in the third quarter, more than double the $4.1 billion it recorded a year ago. Um, you know, this just speaks to the stupidity of the average American who is sitting there and is blaming Joe Biden. And don't get me wrong, far from a a great president, far from a great president. Correct. I am not necessarily a fan of Joe Biden, but Americans are being are hearing the right who are just seizing upon anything to blame Joe Biden for. And heaven forbid they look at the corporations that are hiding behind, you know, the um, uh, the green curtain and seeing the record profits that corporations are reporting right now as they are um, taking advantage of uh, and actually creating, re- um, you know, uh, uh, record prices. You know, you look at, the, at, at at prices that have been raised by, by, you know, Starbucks has raised their prices on average about 10 percent, sure. blaming, you know, supply chain issues and, you know, and inflationary uh, pressures. And then they're turning around and reporting record profits. You know, you cannot have both. You cannot say that you're struggling and need to rate, raise prices to stay in line and then turn around and say, hey, we're having the greatest year we ever have. We're going to announce, you know, uh, uh, stock buybacks or we're going to announce that we're going to increase dividends because we're doing so well. Right. Um, the hypocrisy. 
And yeah. this is this is actually the moment where you should be playing Eric Clapton because <laughs> I could literally go on a on, on, on a diatribe about how much I, I loathe corporations. Well, Shell for the first nine months of the year has a reported profit of more than thirty billion dollars, a fifty eight percent increase over the entire year of twenty twenty one, and this most recent buyback brings their total share purchases for the year to eighteen point. Five billion, uh, about ten percent of the company's share capital. So uh, yeah, uh, just it's amazing. And people are going, people are going to vote Republican um, in November because they feel like Joe Biden doesn't care about their uh, you know gasoline prices and he he's not doing anything about it. But they will not sit there and blame the um, uh, oil companies that are are the ones who are genuinely causing this. Right. On the plus side, however, um, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, net worth continues to plummet uh, after another poor quarterly report. Uh, His wealth has dropped by another $11 billion, now leaving him uh, with a net worth of $38.1 billion. Seems like a lot, Brian. But a year ago, his net worth was $142 billion. He was the most. He was the most wealthiest person on the planet at one point. He was, um, and he made he made this incredible investment into um, uh, what do they call that? The, the uh, metaverse. The metaverse. Correct. Um, going so far as to even changing the name of the company, but you know they have uh, you know uh, the company has definitely strayed from the Facebook brand. He has um, you know made all these investments in building the infrastructure of the metaverse. Meanwhile, there's there's so few people utilizing the metaverse and seemingly fewer people who want to use the metaverse because there are um, there just are not, um, you know, the the, uh, the the number of people using it at any given time. is So is is tragically low compared to the investment he's made in it um, that, you know, you've got um, analysts and, inv- and investors saying that he is running this company into the ground. Yeah, I mean, they- I'm OK with it. Yeah. They've put about $70 billion into the metaverse so far um, and state that they plan to put at least $10 billion a year uh, into the virtual realm. Uh, however, they are really starting to see pushback from investors because, uh, to your point, no one's really using the metaverse. Uh, no. and I don't know why they would. Um, I don't know what the benefit of it would be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, stock pricing uh, taking a hit. Well, the idea of the metaverse is that instead of just um passively going from website to website the metaverse is really this you know you put on your ai goggles whatnot and now you um you 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 transport yourself into this ai world where you are receiving similar types of information um but now you are uh, you know in in theory physically recreating the um the, the physical transportation it requires and uh, no, and and no, and, it, and it has not translated with people whatsoever. Well, again, I'm not again, I'm not even sure what benefit you would you would get from this metaverse. Uh, well, I think the idea is that it's just it's it's a way for people to interact with each other. It is, but I, I think people have so many ways to interact, and I think it's just another. You know, clearly, it's like plus. Do they even advertise that the metaverse really exists? Like, has there well, really think, been a push to get people to sign up for it? Well, I think the way the push is for people to buy the um, the AI the VR goggles. goggles. 
Yeah, there was a name for them when they came out. And, you know, it's one of the things you can interact with other people. You can play games with other people. Remember, we had the story where women would say that they put the, the you know, they went into the metaverse and, and you know, it was a, a contest to see how many seconds could go by before they were being um, uh, uh, sexually harassed. Yeah, and it wasn't a matter true. of hours or days or whatnot, but literally how f- it was seconds that they would, you know, activate a female avatar that men would immediately come over to interact and sexually harass them. Hmm. You know, so right off the bat, you know, if it's an unregulated area, then you're you're go- you're not going to get a lot of women just to sign up and do it. Okay. Well, we haven't signed up, and if Ron and Brian are in the metaverse, then sure, uh, is it a place you even need to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the other things I've read about the, you know, the complaints about the metaverse is that, you know, it's it's it that the, from a visual perspective, it is still incredibly amateurish. Oh, yeah. Whereas people can play video games such as Call of Duty or whatnot, you know, something that comes out in a year or two, which is just so incredibly lifelike, whereas the metaverse is just this, you know, very, you know, I, I want to say pixelated world and whatnot. That ultimately people have said so far, if this looks like shit, why would I want to, um, you know, spend my time, um, you know, when I do decide to, you know, plug into the electronic world? Why would I why would I want to spend time here in a place that looks like I'm transporting back in time rather than play a video game, which is, you know, reacting in real time and looks incredible? Well, Brian, one thing I just realized, and we better correct this before we get any further uh, into ending this show, uh, we forgot to share with everybody our NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Brian, uh, congratulations. You had had a a nail-biter today. Um, You had Miami... Uh, minus three and a half uh, versus Detroit. Detroit ahead for most of the game. Miami pulling it out, winning by four, uh, 31-27. You just barely make the cover there. Uh, You were looking at the Las Vegas versus New Orleans. New Orleans was getting a point. You said, you know what? I feel the Saints are due, Uh, and you were 100% right. New Orleans rolls today 24 to nothing, uh, bringing you to a perfect 16-0 on the season. How do you do it? Ron, this isn't a matter of how I do it. I mean, I am literally treading water here to keep up with your torrid pace. You also... We're 14 and 0 going into this week. Um, you know, uh, a week ago, you made two predictions. Today, sitting there on my couch watching the NFL games, I watched your predictions both come true. You saw the Giants were getting a point and a half against the Seahawks. Giants were on such a run. I believe they were five and two at the end of seven weeks. You said, listen, it's time that the Seattle Seahawks rise to the occasion. Seahawks winning 27-13. That was your first win of the week. But then you also saw that Tom Brady's life is imploding. He does not have the support team that he has in previous years. Ravens getting three against the Bucks win the whole game. 27-22, Ron. I'm going to ask you, yes. how do you do it? Well, same thing, Brian. I see how you elevate yourself and uh, all I can do is just reach to stay up in the stars along with you. 
Thank you very much, Ron. What do you have for Week Nine? All right, I like uh, I like these uh, these Carolina Panthers. They got a lot of fight in them. Carolina plus nine and a half at Cincinnati, and then Minnesota on the road minus two and a half at Washington. Uh, take the Vikings minus the points, Brian. Who do you like? Ron, I've got I've got the Bills minus ten and a half over the Jets. Jets looked absolutely terrible this week. I think what we are going to see is the return of the Jets that I am very familiar with. Um, also, Bucks laying two and a half against the Rams. I say you take those points. Brady's season continues to buckle. Um, Bills minus ten and a half. Rams plus two and a half. But 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 wait, there's more. Coming up in just 23 minutes, we will be doing our After Dark Pajama Party. Many people are wondering, I know what After Dark is. I know that After Dark is a special 30-hour bonus episode that you do once a week. You spend it. You pull aside some articles that are just absolutely special. Um, You know, maybe salacious, spicy, sexy um involve types of things that are a little bit maybe taboo uh you know by uh youtube standards or or facebook standards but that's not that's not what we care about we care about delivering high caliber high quality so we do a half an hour every week right after this episode we do something called after dark 30 minutes we stream it live for those people who are um what is it? Bronze level or higher? Or bronze aluminum? level or higher. Ten dollars Bron- a yes. month or more. Which is not a lot of money. Ten dollars or more gets you four weeks of after dark. That is two hours a month of, of extra for as little as ten dollars a month. I mean, people, it is such a great deal that is it embarrassing that more people aren't doing it. Um, and then once a month, what we do is we invite all of our um, bronze or, or higher level Patreons onto the show with us. Um, and it's just a, uh, it is a great time. Some months we play, can you beat Ron? We, you know, we, there was a period of time we were doing it on a monthly basis. Uh, but the problem that I, you know, we kind of, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, listener feedback and some of the focus groups that we were, you know, uh, reaching out for comments to some of the groups were sitting there saying, listen, we love the Can You Beat Ron, but at the same time, we miss the pajama party where it really is the interaction amongst all the different uh, patrons that come on the show um, as they interact with Ron and Brian. We'd like to see more of the interactions. You know, what are the the patrons take at some of the spicy stories that we have uh, as opposed to just doing a another hour-long game of Can You Beat Ron? We know Ron can be beat with some True. of the, the, the recent survey um, results that we saw. So it's no longer a, a, a special moment when Ron gets beat. In fact, most of the time he does get beat. So let's just go back to a pajama. We're still going to be doing Can You Beat Ron? Um, probably, I think we're going to be alternating months. Uh, and uh, so I think this time, October, um, it's going to be a spectacular After Dark Pajama Party. All right, and one final sports story before we wrap up. As we mentioned, World Series going on, Philadelphia, Houston. Uh, and, of course, uh, Jim Mattress Mac, McInvale has to be in the news again uh, because sure. he has a tremendous gambling problem. Um, he bets millions of dollars each year. And this year, 
may top them all. Uh, he has been traveling around to different sports books to place a total of $10 million in bets on the Astros to win the Fall Classic um, at average odds of plus 750. Mac is now favored to win $75 million uh, should the Houston Astros win the World Series. And uh, he will need that money because he runs a promotion each year uh, where if Houston wins, people that buy a certain amount of furniture um, get their money back. Um, but now this year, he, he upped the promotion. Customers are now able to get twice their purchase refunded. So if you spent $3,000 on furniture and the Astros win, uh, you'll get $6,000 back. So, I mean, as much as we hate the Astros, uh, this gives us even more reason to root against them. And, uh, and I'm rooting Philly. for Philly this year. I'm rooting Listen. for only because I want to see a Philadelphia Phillies World Series um, parade celebration. I want to see people. Uh, I want to just see um, uh, uh, Lower Philadelphia just absolutely demolished by celebrating fans. <laughs> well, the uh, Phillies got the split they needed uh, in in Houston. Now tomorrow night we start three games in Philadelphia. So by uh, by next episode we will know mm -hmm. who the world champions are. There we go. It's going to be great. Keep watching, people. I love World Series baseball. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're going to wrap up this episode. We're going to head on over and get ready for the pajama party taking place in uh, just about 18 minutes. As Brian mentioned, if you want to hop on over to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click in the upper right-hand corner to become a patron, join at the bronze level or higher, and we can get that link out to you real quick so that you can join us on the pajama party tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. Costumes optional. But encouraged, I will continue to wear my Brian costume uh, for the After Dark. We take it. You do embrace the Halloween I do. Um, holiday. Yep. It's, it's, you know, we've said earlier, how do you feel about Veterans Day? And you said, fuck them, don't care. I said, how do you feel about uh, Memorial Day where we, we celebrate those, you know, the, the, the bravest who gave up their life? Fuck them. You know, I don't celebrate dead um, uh, Army veterans. Um, you know, a lot of people sat there and said, listen, this has got to stop. Anyway, Brian, let's get ready for After Dark. Anything else before we wrap up here today? No, just that I love you. Love you too, my friend. And we love all of you. We will catch you all next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again.